everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you took out the time to join us today. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, we're just so happy that you took out the moment to click play on another episode of the Greater Than Podcast. You know the purpose of the podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We want to take what's going on in the world and even culture and approach it from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he is in the world. Let me stop and say this. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, most of my listeners are on Apple Podcasts. Do me a favor. If you haven't already, leave a review. Leave your honest review. Leave a rating. Your voice matters. Your review matters. Leave it. An honest rating, even if it's zero out of five or however, <laughs> however many stars there are, even if it's a zero, leave your honest review of the podcast. It, uh, it really means a lot. We want to know uh, if it's blessing you, if it's bringing forth something in your life, if it's helping you, let us know about it. And if you're listening from another country, let us know about that too. We've got people in Ireland. We've got people in Zimbabwe, UK, Australia, all over in the States. There's some cool things happening. And I just want to, I want to hear from you. I want to know what's going on. And I believe that as we are doing this together, my, my goal here is to help us to get to a place where number one, we're studying the Bible for ourselves a lot of you know because I'm I'm a lot of my listeners are 26 to or excuse me 22 to 27 somewhere in there is the majority of my listeners so I want us especially this age group that age group and, and for any age group but really for the young people for younger people people around my age that we just get in the Bible for ourselves and find out what the Word of God is saying that's that's what I want to do here is approach it from a biblical perspective to come into this attitude where, hey, what does the word of God say about any given subject? So anyway, long, long spiel. But nonetheless, my heart is that you would leave a review of the podcast if you would be so kind. And I thank you in advance for your honest review. Uh, Romans chapter 13, one through seven, we're talking about govern, govern, um, government God, and uh, I know this is going to be interesting and, and Romans 13 and uh, there's been some confusion about this and there's been people who have used it in government too, mind you, um, primarily is who I'm thinking about to say that, you know, the church, all right, just comply to whatever kind of law, whatever kind of proceeding is going on because, you know, the Bible says in Romans 13, well, let's read it, let's read it, let's read what they're talking about. Romans 13, one through seven says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority set from God and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God and those who resist will be, will be brought to, to excuse me, will bring judgment on themselves. Man, I fumbled that one like a football player fumbles the ball. I fumbled that, y'all. Y'all excuse me. <laughs> will bring judgment on themselves. It's good to laugh at yourself every now and then. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same, for he is God's minister to you for good. And if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Oh, this is good. For because of this, you will also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, 
attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due, tax to whom taxes, tribute to whom tribute, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. All right, here we go. Let's pray and we're going to dig right on into this one, man. We're going to go to, through these verses and kind of look at, dissect, and uh, it's going to be good. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for everyone gathering together and listening to this podcast today. Father, I acknowledge, I know Elijah Merle, and I, it is so cool that you're using me. Father, I know that if you can use me, you can use anybody. And I'm so thankful for that, uh, in spite of our shortcomings, that you're still our God and that you still help us. So, Father, we we ask again, we approach the throne of grace once again boldly, and we ask for utterance, help to convey and, and to bring this message that'll uh, take us to a new level in you, and that'll bring us to a place of uh knowing who you are and your purpose in government and what your the word, the word of God says about such things. And we give you praise for that, Father. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. Amen. Now, here's what I want to do. Romans 13, 4, the NET. Romans 13, 4, NET. It says, for it is God's servant for your good. Now, notice in the King James, it says, for he is God's servant or minister to you for good. Now, a lot of times people have used that and they've said, well, well, I, honestly, honestly and truthfully, you can't, oh man, how do I say this? Uh, because there have been people in authority in government who have passed laws that are just totally against God, anti-God, anti-Christ, all types of things that have gone on. But they use this verse like, hey, I'm your minister for good. So, hey, do what I say. But in the NET and also in the Young's Literal Translation, Young's Literal Translation, uh, the author of the Young's Concordance is the same one who wrote and penned uh, the Young's Literal Translation. Very accurate. Now, in the Young's Literal and in the NET, both say, instead of saying, for he is a minister of God, he, it says, for it is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be in fear, for it does not bear the sword in vain. It is God's servant to, admin to administer retribution on the wrong doer. Notice it says for it. I'm not talking about, we're not talking about a certain person. I'm talking about the office, government, what God set up in government. It it, that office, is meant to be a minister for good to those who do good. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of injustice that's gone on over the many, many years, as long as the earth has been here, as long as people have been on the earth. There has been injustice, uh, tainting, things being tainted, things being executed poorly, and in government, obviously, but what I'm saying is, end of the day, God says that it, the office, the government, these things that God has set up, the structure, it is a minister for good. We're going to see that more as we dig in. Let's keep going here and let's go to Acts 16, Acts chapter 16, 37 through 40. This is the Passion Translation, Acts 16, 37 through 40. And it says here, what had happened here is that Paul and Silas prayed. They sang praises unto God in the, in the prison, right? We understand that there was a great earthquake. Everyone's bands were loose, an amazing uh, testimony of God's faithfulness. Well, we got to remember here also, though, the man who was going to kill himself, remember him? And Paul said, do yourself no harm. That man would take 
Paul and Silas into his home, dress their wounds because they had been beaten horribly and kind of care for them and take care of them. Now, there came a point where the officers and the higher ups there knew about what went down in the prison and everybody being set free. They wanted to deal with it quietly. And because of that, this is what happens here in, in Acts 16. 37. They're trying to get Paul to leave quietly here. All right. Acts 16, 37. But Paul told the officers, look, they have beaten us in public without a fair trial. And watch this. And we are Roman citizens. That's, a, that's important. Remember that. Do you think we're just going to quietly walk away after they threw us in prison and violated, watch this, all of our rights? Do you think that we're going to just quietly walk away after they threw us in prison and violated all of our rights? Absolutely not. You go back and tell them that they need to come down here themselves and escort us out. Mm, this is powerful. When the officer went back, when the officers went back and reported what Paul and Silas had told them, they were frightened especially upon hearing that they had been beaten. They had beaten two Roman citizens without due process. Ooh, this is good now. So they went to the prison and apologized to Paul and Silas, begging them repeatedly saying, please leave our city. So Paul and Silas left the prison and went to Lydia's house where they met the believers and comfort and comforted and encouraged them before departing. What's powerful about this is that Paul says, listen, oh, I love it. Paul, Paul's the one who's going to pin later the, the Romans chapter 13. He's the one that pins that. He's the one that writes it by the unction in the, of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that writes it. He says for it, government, it, the office, the, the rights, all these things, it is meant to be your minister for good. What is Paul? Paul knows his rights. He said, we're a Roman, we're Roman citizens. It's wrong that they, we were beaten. We were they without due process. This is wrong. This is not right. Our, we know our rights. They threw us away. They, they threw us in prison. They violated our rights. We're not going away quietly. Now, what is this now? Some people would say, now, come on, Paul. You know what your Bible said now. You're, you're, you know what you said in Romans. You said you got to submit now. No, what Paul is revealing to us is that what's going on here we're going to get into it more as we go here. What's going on here is that it, I keep saying it because I want you to hear it. I'm trying to help by the help of the Holy Spirit, renew your mind to some things. It is a minister for good. It, not that person. We put too much value in that person, but we, and I understand we're supposed to honor the king. We're going to get to that verse here soon too. We're supposed to honor the king. I understand that. But at the same time, I'm not even, look, I'm looking to, listen, if I know my rights, I'm looking at that. If I know my constitutional rights here in the States, if I know the things that are mine, what I have freedom to do, my freedom of speech, so forth and so on, I am not letting go of that. That's what Paul gives us an ex amazing example of this, where it worked for his good because he had those rights, because he had the place where he could say, hey, this ain't right. Y'all violated our rights. That's not okay. You, do you see what I'm trying to say here? It is the minister. Let me show you another another uh, verse and another example where Paul does this. Uh, it being the minister, the, the government. What's been set up, knowing our rights, knowing all these good things. Uh, Acts 22, 20, 25 through 28. And I think it was Prophet Lecrae who said this. He said in his song, uh, I told him, 
to study the 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 Ten Commandments Constitution. I told him to study it all. <laughs> so in other words, it's important that we know our rights is what I'm saying, that we know our rights. And I know Le- Lecrae's not an actual prophet. He's a poet, though, and he's a rapper. But we, it's important because I know some some people who listen are going to be like, Prophet Lecrae, let me Google him. <laughs> no, he's, he's a rapper. Uh, well, not a, He's a rapper that's a Christian. Let me say it like that. He's a rapper who's a Christian. And he said, and it was a powerful thing. I told you, he was talking about how he was talking to his homeboys, how he was talking to his, his group of people that were around him. He said, I want you to take the Ten Commandments, Constitution, study it all, and then have a good, why? We need to know our rights. We need to know our rights. Why? Because it is going to be your minister. Oh, that's good. Okay, Acts 22, 25 through 28, the Passion Translation. All right. It says, when the soldiers stretch Paul out. Now, we got to remember, everywhere Paul went, there was revival and there was riot. <laughs> everywhere Paul went. So here's a case where we've got a riot going on. There is a riot going on here. And Paul was taken and they were beating him up and the, the Romans see it. And they're like, what's all this commotion? So they they hold Paul and then they're trying to figure out they're going to examine him by scourging. That's what we're reading here in uh, Acts 22, verse 25. When the soldiers stretched Paul out with ropes, he said to the captain who was standing nearby, is it legal? Ooh, for you to torture a Roman citizen like this without a proper trial. When the officer heard this, he immediately went to his commander and reported it, saying, this man is a Roman citizen. What should we do now? The commander came to Paul and asked, tell me the truth. Are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am. Don't you know that? <laughs> I can hear that song. What's that song? Um, uh, Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I, I, can, hear, I can hear Paul be... <laughs> Paul, like, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am. <laughs> hey, guys, you know, I'm a clown. I'm a clown. Obviously, I'm not a singer. Now, I actually, I can sing, but it's just I need to train more. I need training. I need training. But I'm just not as invested in training my voice. My, You know, I could sing, but I'm just not as invested. You don't need to know that. That's 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 a side note. That's just That was free. But what am I saying? Paul was excited to say, yes, I am. I, I bet he said it with a smile on his face, man. Yes, I'm a Roman citizen. All right, what, what happens here? The commander said to him, I had to purchase my citizenship with a great sum of money. Paul replied, I was born as a citizen. He had rights. Now, 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17, those were two examples that I gave you about it. It, knowing the, knowing the laws, knowing what's legal, knowing your rights, government, What's been set up there, it is meant to be a minister for good. First uh, Peter 2, 13 through 17 says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king is supreme or to governors or to those who are set by, sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. I believe that when he says foolish men, that that can include the governor, that can include the king, the emperor, whoever you want to talk about, whomever you want to talk about. He's including that here, that by doing good, we put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for, for vice, but as bond servants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Three points. Point number one, for the Lord's sake. He says here, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. 
there, there was a time where they came up to Jesus and they wanted to trap him in his words. And they said, hey, here's a coin and tell us, like, should we take, pay taxes to Caesar or not? Jesus then asked for a coin. And he said in Mark 12, 17, the Passion Translation, Jesus said, he said, who's the, who's the image up here? And they said, Caesar. He said, precisely, the coin bears the image of the emperor Caesar. So you should pay the emperor his portion. But because you are the, because you bear the image of God, you must give back to God all that belongs to him. And they were utterly stunned by Jesus's words. What is he saying? He reveals to them, because you bear the image of God, you must give back to God what's God. It's the duty of a Christian not to rebel against the existing government, but to join obedience to their authority, the existing government's authority, with obedience to God. We got to remember that. Jesus had, let me use this as as an example. Jesus had at one point, they were talking to him and they talked to Peter and they said, hey, does, you, does your master, does he pay tax? Peter's like, yeah, he pays, he pay, yeah, he pays tax. And then before J- Peter gets into the house, Jesus stops him and says, hey, um, who, who's going to pay tolls or taxes for, to the king? Is it going to be from his own children or from the subjects? Because the taxes was for, for the temple, right? And Jesus says, it's going to be from, if we're d- dealing with taxes, who are paying tolls? Uh, to a king is it the 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 subjects or the children Peter said the subjects then Jesus said well then the children are free you can read this in Matthew 17 24 and 27 Jesus is saying well then the children are free but he said unless but so we don't offend anyone go in, and he told him to go fishing and then in the first fish that he would catch there'd be the money in the fish's mouth enough to pay and take care of peter and jesus their taxes now what am i why do i bring that up if jesus the son of god if jesus the son of god was subject to the rulers of the day how much should we be now here's what i'm saying though we've got to balance this out we're not talking about disobeying god to Please, government. Oh, man, you tell me. Man, listen, get that out of here. Any day of the week when it comes to God or the government, we well, we already know what side. That you, well, you should know what side you're going to be on when it comes to that. When the when, if, if somebody's drawing that line in the sand, we already know. Listen, I'm crossing and I'm crossing while whistling Dixie. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm crossing that line, though, is what I'm saying. I'm crossing that line easily. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to pray about it. If it goes against, if something is being done in the government that goes against the written word of God, what I know to be the will of God, that's an easy choice. An example, case in point, Acts 4, 18 through 20. This is when Peter and John are brought before the council. The Passion Translation, it says they commanded them to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. Well, we obviously know that they couldn't do that because Jesus told them in Mark 16 to go into all the world and make disciples. And in my name, cast out the devils. Well, when it comes to government or honoring what Jesus said, it's a no brainer. Shout out to DJ Collin. It's a no brainer. So what they did was. This is what they said in the Passion Translation of Acts 4, 18 through 20. It says, but Peter and John replied, you can judge for yourselves. Is it better to listen to you or to God? It's impossible for us to stop talking about all the things that we've seen and heard. They appealed to the higher law. Ooh, their earthly government commanded them not to do what God had directed them to do. In a conflict of this kind, there's only two courses of action. All right, you ready for them? Number one, obey God, but also number two, be submissive. Let me say it like this. 
obey God, but if it comes to a point and it comes to a head that you're obeying God and there's going to be punishment, listen, you submit to that. Here's another example. Uh, the Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, another good example. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. We understand that. We know that story, right? We heard it in Sunday school. But notice this, they refused to bow, but at the same time, they weren't, they weren't trying to run away from the king throwing them into the furnace. What was, what was that? They were submissive. They honored God, but at the same time, they were submissive to their authority. They, they did it. Uh, like preachers of old who were having healing meetings and they, people were being healed left and right. Jack Cole is an example of this. Uh, even, and before Jack Cole, I think it was uh, Alexander Downing, I believe was another one. But people who were arrested for practicing, um, and I'm quote air quotes here, practicing medicine without a license. They were arrested for that because people were getting healed. And so they arrested them for practicing medicine without a license. And there's a picture, a famous picture of an old uh, tent revivalist named Jack Cole, who, where he's in prison and he's smiling ear to ear. Now, watch this now. He didn't resist arrest. He didn't resist arrest. But at the same time, he was doing what God told him to do. You see the balance here? Do you see the balance? Listen, if government gets to a point where they're saying something that I just know is wrong and against the Bible and against what God has said, I cannot obey that in good conscience. I cannot do that. But at the same time, though, if it came to it, if, it, if we're in the nitty gritty, I'm submissive to whatever punishment would be pronounced. That's how the disciples were. That's what they were doing. They were ne never resisting anything. Uh, it says in uh, Acts 5, here's another example, Acts 5, 28 through 29. I'm giving you example on example here. Did we not strictly command you, they, they're talking to Peter and the disciples again, not to teach in this name because they went out teaching in, in his name because Jesus told him to do it. That's a higher, they, they're appealing to a higher law. That's God's law, what God has said, what God has asked of them. And he said, look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. And they agreed with him. And when they had caught, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I, I'm skipping ahead here. We ought to obey God rather than man, right, is what Peter says. Skip down now to verse 40. Gamaliel speaks up and he says, listen, if God is really in this, he said, listen, we've been around a long time. We've been around the block a few times. We've seen religious fads come up where people, it dwindled out, it died. But if this is really God, talking about what the disciples were doing, if this was really God, then there's no point in us going against it. There's no point in us trying to stop it. We don't want to be found fighting God, is what Gamaliel says. Such wisdom here. So they have that meeting. And after Gamaliel said what he said, skip on down to verse 40, they all agreed with Gamaliel. And when they had called to the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple, they were still doing it, man. In every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Listen, if we submit, we open the way for God to do what only he can do. I'm talking about submitting to government. If we submit, we open the way for God to do what only he can do. I'm telling you, yes, the, when it comes to, are we doing what the government's saying or what God's saying? Well, obviously that's not even a question. That's laughable that you even would say that. We're going with God every day. 
But at the same time, the disciples didn't say, no, don't beat us, don't beat us, don't beat us. No, they willingly took it. And, and Paul, there were two examples where Paul was saying, hey, y'all violated my rights. But there were many times where Paul, you can read it in 1 Corinthians 11 or 2 Corinthians 11, one of the two, where he goes through a list of all the things that he went through. Paul was not trying to get out of it. He was submissive to whatever punishment the government would try to put on him. He was submissive to it. He wasn't resisting it. But at the same time, when it comes to government or God, we're going with God. We can do it by obeying God, but at the same time being submissive, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And what happened when they submitted? It opened the way for God to do what only he could do. The fourth man came and protected them and brought them out, not even smelling like smoke. Oh, that's pretty good now. Come on. What I'm saying is as we submit in the right heart, I'm talking about submitting, first of all, to God, and then also submitting to our leaders. Even if it goes against what God has said, listen, we'll gladly take the punishment. <laughs> we'll gladly take, we'll submit to that. But we're also going to know our rights. We're going to know our rights. We're going to know our rights as citizens, our rights to, all right, the, listen, that we can get off into a lot of things there, so I'm not going to. You know what I'm trying to say here. We, it's important that we know our rights. It's important that we honor God first and foremost. But at the same time, submitting will open the door for God to do things that only he can do. Point number two, for conscience sake. And we're wrapping it up for conscience sake. Paul said to those in the church, he told them that um, be subjective, submit, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Now, I'm going to go a little bit quicker on this one. We're 25 minutes in. I'm going to go a little bit quicker through this one. You may have to pause it, go back and listen to it again. Now, it says in Acts 23, 1 through 5, they brought uh, Paul in front of the council. Once again, he's brought before the council. And he said that I've lived, this is the New King James, I have lived in all of good conscience before God until this day. And the high priest commanded that those who stood by him would strike him in the mouth for saying that. Then Peter, or excuse me, Paul said to him, God will strike you down, you whitewashed wall, for you sit to judge me according to the law and do command for me to be struck contrary to the law. Once again, Paul knows his rights. And those who stood by him said, do you revile God's high priest? Then Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. Ooh. Man, listen, are there people that are speaking evil of the ruler of, never mind, never mind. And what is he saying here, though? He totally had a heart change. Obviously, Paul didn't agree with this guy. He didn't agree with being hit. He didn't agree with being struck. But at the same time, what did he do? What he simply did was this. He said, listen, I didn't know it. I repent. I know what the Bible says. I'm not going to speak evil of the ruler of my people. That doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. Like I said, literally, Paul did, literally did not agree with being hit. He didn't agree with that. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything. But what I am saying is what we've got to remember is we've got to make sure that we're honoring God. And there are people who have defied government in the name of honoring God that they're all they're doing is thumbing their nose up. We have constitutional rights and different things of that nature. It's important that we know and that we understand. But even with that, even with that, we shouldn't use that to thumb our nose up at government. We don't do it in a disrespectful way. Uh, let's move on here. The conscience is the voice of your spirit. The Bible talks about having your conscience seared with an iron. That literally means uh, having it where it's unsensitive. There's no, it's not sensitive anymore. It's a spiritual guard, uh, 
scar tissue the, that causes that dulls the sense of right and wrong. You know, we have a podcast called Spiritual Sense, and it talks about having our senses exercised to know the difference between good and evil. But if your conscience is seared, you won't be able to, to know the difference between good and evil. And what this is why it's important that our conscience be clear. Paul said, I'm living to have a clear conscience with God and with man. They hit him and he says, God's going to hit you, you whitewashed wall. They tell him who that that's the high priest. Paul repents. Why does Paul repent? Because of what he said before a previous verse in the previous verse. He's wanting a clear conscience before God and man. His conscience couldn't be clear if he if he did that, if he was speaking evil of the ruler of his people. Once again, I'm not saying you have to agree with everything. You're not. There, there's never been a president. There's never been any official of any kind that you agree with every single thing that they said or stood for. That is just not going to happen. But we can honor the place. We can honor the government because it is meant to be the minister of God. I don't care if it's someone corrupt that's in the office. That office is still meant for your good. That office is still meant for to make, to be for the benefit of those who do good, as he says in Romans 13. Now, point number three. I told you we're going to move fast on that second point. Point number three. Pray for your sake and for the sake of your peace. First Timothy 2, verse 1 through uh, 5 says, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, God, who God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. I just want to take out a time to, to recognize that um, <laughs> Jesus is the man. The Bible literally calls him the man. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, when he says, I want you to pray for kings, that word kings can literally be translated the emperor. I want you to pray for the emperor. This includes Nero. <laughs> who had already set fire at the time of, of Timothy. When Timothy got this letter, Nero had already set fire to Rome and blamed it on the Christians. He's in the process, of, and he's right snap, smack dab in the middle of persecuting the church. So he's saying to them, prayers ought to be, prayers ought to be directed to the circumstance and to the, the saving, the mind renewal of the man who is killing your babies, the man who's separating his the wife from the from the his her husband, for the husband from his wife, doing all these things. He's telling them to pray, to pray for him, to pray for Nero, the one who's burning Christians at the stake, the one who is just evil, ruthless, the one who has just he's just the worst of the worst, man. He is the worst person uh, to ever be an emperor, in my opinion, in my studies i know there's been a lot of there's a lot of messed up emperors in in history but i'm telling you nero was doing some messed up stuff and paul is telling them to pray for him and you can't pray for trump uh-oh Oh, come on, man. Okay, that was a little bit better than what we did earlier. That was a little bit better. Not by much, but that was a little bit better than what we did earlier. I had to redeem myself a little bit. Now, listen. 
This is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is simply this. He's telling us to pray, to pray for the emperor, to pray. He's telling them to do this. Pray that, pray for them that their idolatry was ceased, that the persecution was stopped, that pray for their conversion, that their change of heart. This is what he's saying. Why? Because it, you, you have an authority. You have a right to do that because it, government, that office was meant to be for your betterment, for your good. So you can pray as a citizen, you have the right to pray. And he says uh, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. When he says lead uh, a quiet and peaceable life, that we may lead, meaning to pass or to spend the prayers of Christians for the government, bring down from heaven peace and order in a state. That's what we got to remember. When he says quiet, that means no trouble from without. When he says peaceable, that means tranquil. That means no trouble from within, an undisturbed life, free from disturbance. This is why it's important that we pray. Stop judging. Pray. Also do this too. Vote. This is important. If you're not voting, then you need to shut up. If you're not voting, you need to shut up. If you're not going out and you're making the effort and you're doing it to make your voice heard as a part of your rights, then you need to be quiet. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear it. Now, as we wrap it up, I'm going to have to wrap it up. I don't want to get on that soapbox too long. I don't want to stay on that too long. As we wrap it up, I want to say this. Christianity started as an offbeat movement following a mere carpenter that's killed by Roman government. It's amazing. It had no hope for success, but in three centuries, it brought the Roman empire to its knees. How? They didn't hold protests. There's nothing wrong with protests, by the way. There's nothing wrong knowing your rights, marching. There's not, I'm not against any of that. If it's done properly and done within everyone's rights, I have no problem with it. They didn't do that though in the, in, in the New Testament church when it first started. They preached, they testified, they prayed, they even submitted when people, when government was coming against them saying, you can't do this. They, they still did it and submitted to the punishment. They weren't running away from it. They thought that, that they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer by that submission. It allowed God to do for them what they couldn't, you know, in history, there is a Roman emperor named Constantine or Constantine, however you want to pronounce it. A Roman emperor, he is believed to be the first Roman emperor to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's a powerful thing. And when that baptism happened, during on his deathbed, he was dying. When that baptism happened, it changed and it totally shifted. That's what brought the Roman Empire to its knees. Rome became more of a Christian uh, Christianity came and took over. It's a powerful thing. I, it's so amazing. You can look it up for yourself. It's a good thing to, to look up just for your history, just for the history of, of us, the history of us as believers. This is a big moment in Christianity where a Roman emperor is baptized in the name of Jesus. Such a powerful thing. But it wasn't done by protest. It wasn't done by... Now, like I said, if it's within our rights, I'm for it. If Hey, and if we're, we're, we're not we're making sure that we're not violating anyone else's rights... I'm for it. If that's what needs to be done, that's what needs to be done. Let your voice be heard. But what I'm saying is there is a God-honoring way to do it. There's a God-honoring way to do it all. We're not submitting to a person. 
We're not, we're not submitting to that. We're, we're submitting to God. We're honoring God. And for the Lord's sake, we submit. For the Lord's sake, we're subject. For the Lord's sake, we'll take the punishment that the government would try to pull out if it, if it came to it, if it came down to it, to support our faith, to have that freedom to speak out the wonderful works of God. That's what the disciples were willing to do. How much more so ourselves? If that's what it comes down to, then I'm willing to die for it. I'm willing to take the punishment for it. I'm going to obey God and I'm going to do what he says. Man, I hope this podcast made a, just a little bit of sense to you. We see that it, it is a minister of good. The office is meant to minister to you for good. It's important to know our rights. It's important to know all these things because that is your minister for good to those who are doing good. Jesus, the, the Bible talks about Pilate wanting to let Jesus go. Now, Pilate's not this cool, like, oh, out of the goodness of my heart, I'm gonna let you go. No, Pilate was killed. He was murking folks. You gotta remember, in Luke 13 or so, Jesus recounts the story of how Pilate killed people as they were offering up sacrifices to God. While they were offering up sacrifices to God, he was having the Roman soldiers slit some throats. While they were slitting the throats of the goats, their throats were being slit. I mean, Pilate is, like I said, that's that's pretty crude. And I apologize, but that's just how Pilate was. He's not this kind dude, but he wanted to let Jesus go. Why? Because it. Come on now. It's a servant for, for good. It. Once again, Jesus didn't dishonor the government. He didn't dishonor it. Obviously, he didn't agree with everything there, but he didn't. He said, hey, you pay to Caesar what's Caesar's, but give to God what belongs to God. Make sure you're not you're not doing paying to Caesar and dishonoring God, nor are you honoring God and not. It's got to be a balance. That's what we're saying. There has to be this balance. And I hope it made sense to you guys. Uh, Like I said, leave a like, leave a comment, a review. Let us know if this is blessing you at all. I'm just so thankful for you taking out the time to listen and be a part of what's going on here. I love it so much. My name's Elijah Merle. You guys remember this now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Mm -hmm.